What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? Uh-huh. Welcome to this blog. Can talk about anything. Episode 49, 49, so close to 52. I'm so excited about this. My name, in case you didn't know or you forgot, is Melanie with two L's because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week to the next. And I am your absolute favorite host of all the hosts in the world, right? We're going to, we're going to go with that narrative. (laughs) So I'm a little bit um, lower energy than usual. And the podcast is late because uh, my like double vaxxed and double boosted self has COVID. So I had to kind of lay low and wasn't even able to edit because I felt so sick, but now I'm getting around to editing it and I'm here And I'm just really excited to bring you guys an an amazing guest who just kind of fell into my lap. Her name is Michelle Lewis. She's a makeup artist and she's worked with all kinds of phenomenal um, actors. And she's worked on a lot of great TV shows and films such as Black Panther, which I'm sure most of you have seen. And she's worked on um, Everybody Hates Chris and um, the Bernie Mac show, lots of different stuff that you are going to hear us talk about. Um, We're going to talk about makeup. We're going to talk about life and we're going to talk about those, those productions that she worked on. And she's got some very sweet things to say about the late Chadwick Boseman and some incredible stories that I am so grateful to her for sharing with me about the late, great Bernie Mac. Um, So as I said, I have COVID, so I am not going to sit here and talk your ears off. I'm going to cut to Michelle and I's chat, which took place two weeks ago, the same day that Alyssa Bonagura and I recorded, which is why it was delayed by a week and then further delayed by me getting COVID. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it because Michelle Lewis is a truly wonderful woman. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Just sitting here editing some photos. That's it. I don't think you need to edit photos. You're beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. But they're, they're not photos of me. Fair enough. <laughs> one, one last push to uh, get some stuff out on social media before the uh, Emmy voting ends this evening. So as soon as I finish this last batch of photos, it'll be on my um, Instagram page. So okay. that's where I share most of the stuff that I'm working on or have worked on. So this particular project that you're talking about for the Emmys, this is the the Samuel L. Jackson project, right? Yes. Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. How difficult was it to make him look so old? I get that question all the time. I did not do that. (laughs) No? Sam has it. No, Sam has his own team. Okay. I do special effects, but that's even above my pay grade. Um, He has an amazing makeup artist. He's been with him since, I believe, since um, Django. And his name is Jake Garber. Yeah, his name is Jake Garber. But I was the department head. So other than Sam, I was responsible for making sure everybody else was taken care of. And it, it really, it takes a, a village. Like as an actress, when I first started out, I used to, you know, show up with like my eyelashes and everything on. And they're like, no, we want you to come in barefaced. So basically yeah. people don't know that when you show up to work, all these glamorous actors and actresses that they're watching on TV, they just show up like fresh out of the shower. And then you're yeah. responsible to turn them into what we see on screen. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh. Um, 
they they come in barefaced um and we do the skin prep and we do whatever we have to do to make that character come to life. I was going to ask that. How do you um, like, you know, there's different skin types. How do you prep all the different skin types? Well, most of the time, especially before a film, well, it happens with, with series as well. Um, we usually do what we call a makeup test or camera test. So you get an opportunity to um, meet your actor. Um, and at that time, you kind of analyze their skin and see what's going on so that you make sure that you have whatever products you need to keep the skin, you know, looking as good as possible. And also um, whatever makeup you may need for that particular character. Um, it's, it's a test and everybody's just kind of tweaking a look and they take several shots and um, different lighting. Sometimes it might be a couple of wardrobe or hair changes as well for the character. And then you collaborate with the other departments and the director and everybody kind of settles on the look that they want that actor to have for the duration of the show. I worked on a film, uh, it was called Suicide Squad and I, Will Smith yeah. was in that. And yeah. I just remember there was somebody who was in charge of carrying around a photo of Will to make sure that he always, the continuity was the same. How yes. difficult is that for you as a makeup artist? It, you know what, a lot of it depends on what's called for in the script. Um, sometimes you get lucky and your character is pretty much the same person, um, you know, through the duration of the show. Um, sometimes there may be scenes where you need to um, gussy someone else up or, you, or, or maybe even take their makeup down and just make them look plain, even though they still have makeup on. Um, and again, we have to take photos and then we have to write down the scene number and, and the night that, you know, that's on the call sheet. It could be night two, scene 37, you know, and you, you keep notes of that so that when you come back to maybe shoot the continuation of that, the actor still looks the same and all the departments have to do that. That's art department those are, and the prop people that keep the props on the set wardrobe, hair, it's all one big collaboration because we don't shoot anything in order. So in order to remember something that you did a few weeks ago to make sure that it looks exactly the same, we, we have to keep those photos on hand. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that things are shot like non-sequentially like that, which yeah. I find, I think it's so interesting because almost every actor will tell you that we don't shoot in sequence, like in order. For example, nope. um, Andrew Garfield did Tick, Tick, Boom and his last scene, which was the most difficult one, they shot it on day one, which yeah. I would be like terrified. But, you know, it is what it is. But what yeah. you do is so integral because like like you said, we show up, we have like such a plain face and then you're responsible for bringing, you know, alive something that really doesn't exist. Like you did a lot of work on, yes. you know, the Black Panther film and the, the upcoming one as well, right? Not the coming one. I was on Black Panther 1 when Black Panther 2 was shooting. I was on another show, so I wasn't available to work on that one. Okay. Um, but um, Black Panther 1 was amazing, you know? Um, you know, that's when our, our Chadwick was there. I was going to um, ask about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an amazing experience. Um, a lot of long hours, a lot of hard work. Um, a lot of continuity, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, keeping all those scenes together. But yeah, it was an amazing experience. Um, I wish I had been available to work on the second one because I really did want to, but 
you know, timing is everything. And like I said, I was already committed to another project. So I wasn't able to, to, to help them out on that one this time. Did you uh, work with Chadwick at all? Not directly. Um, see, here's the thing. A lot of people um, don't know that some of these actors have their own personal makeup right. artists. Um, but we may still be in the same vicinity working on other actors. So no, Chad had his own makeup artist, but I just remember his energy and his lovely smile and, you know, he just lit up the room. So, you know, even though he wasn't sitting in my chair, I was always happy when he was in the trailer with us. Certainly seemed like somebody who brought like an energy to set that was like sort of otherworldly almost. And like when I heard heard that he, he passed... It's weird. I always feel like it takes something from me because you watch them and you're like, oh, I want to do that. This is where I fit in. So it's yeah, he seemed like a really magical person. So it's nice to hear from somebody who uh, worked with him firsthand that that's that is true. And I think a lot yeah. of people will be happy to hear it as well. Yeah, he was a lovely guy. He, he was. But you did work with Idris Elba, right? I have worked with else. Idris. Well, again, not directly, but I have worked directly with him doing photo shoots. And this was, oh my God, this was way back when he was on that show called The Wire. He was on the radar at that point, but he wasn't gigantic like he is right now. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I've I've, I've done print work with him before, um, before he kind of blew up and... um, and I've encountered him a few other times where he's visited other sets. And then I had the opportunity to work on The Heart of They Fall. But again, by that time, he has his own person, who's actually a really good friend of mine. So I wasn't upset that she was his makeup artist. But um, <laughs> again, he he remembered me from all those years. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't even believe it because he was like, I know you. He says, you've done my makeup before. And I was like, that was like 10 years ago. He said, I remember you. He said, but your hair is different. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was me. He's like, yeah, you came to my my, my loft down in downtown LA. Aww. He re- he totally remembered me. And another, another, another phenomenal talent. Really nice guy. Just, just really laid back and cool. So yeah. he seems like it. Yeah. A lot of these guys do. They seem, they're all people that I would love to work with, especially Sam, because I, um, he worked with, you know, Quentin Tarantino multiple times. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when I was in LA and I have, I tell the story all the time because I'm so blown away by it, that it actually happened. My first time in LA, I was very down on myself and I was like, I think I'm not going to do this acting thing because I'm not pretty enough or whatever. And I was actually pulled over by this yellow Lamborghini by a very nice man who asked me if I was an actress, who I was about to tell him to, you know, take a flying, you know, what, and then I kept walking and he rolled down his window and he said, excuse me. And I turned around and I was about to say, you know what? And then he said, my name is, and I said, yep, I know your name. It's Quentin Tarantino. I'm sorry. I love your work. And he pulled me in his car and he actually was like, don't ever say that you're not pretty enough for this business. Don't ever think that you need to lose weight for this business. Just be yourself. And so he, he cast Sam before Sam was like a, a household name. And that's someone that I look up to yeah. because, you know, I watched Sam before he became Samuel L. Jackson. And Same now here. he's like a huge and deservingly so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, just to be in his presence, it's just, and when we were, when we were shooting, I remember, I can't remember exactly what it was he said, but he said something and I turned around, I stopped and I looked at him and I said, you just reminded me of Bernie Mac when you said that. And <laughs> we just both looked at each other. He said, that was my dude. And I said, 
Yeah, I know mine too. Cause I, I had the opportunity to work on the Bernie Mac show for a few seasons and <sighs> I was actually, it's funny. Cause I was just thinking of, of that. I, I loved that show. It was really, it was when I was younger, it was like a big deal. And I, Bernie was, I was going to say, what was it like doing makeup for him? Because he was like wild. Bernie Mac was everything that yeah. man, that that's probably one of the most humble, kindest, just funny. I mean, just funny individuals that I've ever had the opportunity to work with out of my whole career. That show was probably in the top three of enjoyable experiences that I've had in this business after, I mean, throughout the years. Yeah. Working on his show was just like, actually it was just, it was like going to work to play every day to literally just play. It didn't, it never felt like work. It never felt like work. Well, they say if you, you do, you pick a career that you like, you never do work a day in your life. And I think I loved that show. He was so funny and he was on TV at a time yes. where there wasn't representation as much as there is now. True. Um, True. And, and I'm think, sure he's smiling down on all of us, just looking at all, all, all the wonderful projects that are that are being filmed and are coming out and are, and are finally getting some notice notice and, and, and a lot of accolades as well. Well, I mean, that's about I think that's about time, frankly. Uh, Me too. And you worked on you worked on Everybody Hates Chris, which I also Loved. <laughs> another another fun show and it's amazing that all of those guys are gr even the kids from Bernie Mac they're all grown-ups and and I, and I know they're I know they're adults every now and then I run into them a couple years ago I ran into um Taquan Richmond who played um the brother um, I was actually working on a show with him and I just, he would always say, why are you staring at me? I said, because you still, you're still a little kid to me. I know you're not 12 anymore, but you know, and he would just laugh and, and everything. And then, oh my God, I saw Tyler, Tyler, a couple years ago, he did an episode of um, every, I'm sorry, black lady sketch show. And now, you know, he's on uh, Abbott elementary. And again, I know he's an adult, but when I look at him, I still see that little kid. When I, I see from. him as a teacher, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they've all grown up. They've all I grown had, up. I remember when I used to, this is so embarrassing and not even relevant. When I used to watch Everybody Hates Chris, I used to have a crush on that kid who played Greg. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> they were, they were all sweet kids, really great actors, really professional um, and not a, not a problem not a problem at all. They, they were there to do the work, but they also had fun as well, which made it fun for us. Well, yeah, it seems like you have like great experiences with all of these, these people, which is, it makes me happy because it's such a, this business, it goes one way or the other. And I've met mostly all really kind people, but I've heard nightmare stories too. So I, I'm scared well, to meet those. I mean, there, there are, you just, you just never know, but I can say the majority of the people that I've encountered in this business, they've, they've been really, really kind, really nice people. Um, but there's exceptions, but you know, you, you, you go and you, you do your job, you do the best you can, you be as professional as you can. And then when that shows over, you, you go on to the next thing. Have you ever worked with anyone, um, just like within music, maybe like for an award show or something like that, that really stood out to you that you enjoyed working with? Oh God. In the music industry. Um, 
Not really. I mean, nope. it's not that I've never worked with musicians, but I would say 90% of the work that I've done has either been film or television. Um, so I can't really say anybody stands out. Um, no, I, I wish I could say, <laughs> I wish I could give you a name, but no, those kind of people for me have usually been what we call just do and go. You, you do their makeup for whatever, and then you're kind of just out of there at that point. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I wish I could say that because uh, there's a few musicians that I would love to work with. Who would you love to work with if you could pick just one musician? Oh my gosh! Right off the top of my head, if I could, probably Janet Jackson. I love Janet Jackson. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think she's so cool, and I thought she was cool when I was a kid. Uh, like just so beautiful and like the way she just yeah. dances and like the singing and all of it's just so like it's like where does this all who gave you the right to be pretty and talented and all of this it's not fair I know I know you know um it's so funny because my best friend was her makeup artist for about 10 years oh, wow. and he went on tour with her and, and and everything so I and I always was like god if why why wasn't it me but you know I was happy for him still happy for him but yeah I just I, I've just always been a Janet fan and I think the only other person who I probably would have to put on that on, and he would actually be on the top of the list but he's not with us anymore and that's our that's our guy Prince oh yeah I that now that that was now that was definitely a dream I always wanted to work with him he actually used to live, I'm from Toronto, and he lived in Toronto on this street called Brattle Path, which is like where all the uppity rich houses are. And when he died, they put like flowers everywhere. And so many yeah. people that I know were just devastated. I'm not that familiar with his music. I do know like, you know, Purple Rain and Raspberry Beret and things like that. But I think I was more of a Michael person. <laughs> well, I mean, I grew up with Michael too, you know, but um there was just something always about Prince. I've, I've been a Prince fan since the late 70s. I wasn't and, born then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I just dated myself, didn't I? <laughs> no, you look extremely young. You're beautiful. Your skin is Thank like, you. wow. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, no, Prince, that, that would have been my number one. Prince and then Janet number two. Uh, just, I was devastated when he passed away. And the crazy thing was I had just seen him in concert the week before. Oh, that's gotta hurt. People it don't did. realize how much it, people like musicians and actors come to mean to other people because they think yeah. it's just, it's all about celebrity and things like that. Like if I want to, if I'm just going to look at a celebrity and admire them, I'm just going to look at a Kardashian, but if I'm going to look at somebody, cause I like want to see, like, I want to look into their soul. It's definitely, it has to be a musician or an actor because they're always, yeah. it comes from such a place of pain. And what you do is art as an artist, I think that also you're there to you're you're there to sort of camouflage the pain because we're all wearing a mask really right exactly exactly um and when you're in when you're working on a on a movie or a, or a television series um you know the scripts involved so you have to really get into the character as well yep. and um depending on the depth of the emotion that the that the the actor is supposed to portray um, and I, I, I get caught up in stuff like that too. I can get really caught up in these, in these scripts and just really, they resonate with me sometimes. That's one of the reasons that I was so excited 
to work on Ptolemy Gray because I think at some point, if you haven't, you will know someone who's suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. You know, it's just, it's, it's a horrible disease that, you know, affects us, you know, all in some way. Yeah. So it uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's being more though that that particular illness is be it, it's being brought up more in you know in films and stuff because I remember watching Robert Duval and the Judge and being heartbroken to watch him like that just because like my grandfather would be the same age as Robert Duval today if he wasn't you know deceased and we used to watch all these old movies together so I I'm a big fan of those older guys because I just think they have so much. I don't know. It's like, there's a magic about them that I don't know what it is like Robert De Niro and Mr. Yeah. Robert Duval. And it's that um, it factor. It's that it factor. Denzel, you know, like yeah. I'm a big fan of Denzel's um, the way he motivates you like to get up and tells you like, you can do anything you want. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. And I'm glad that he's out there because he's one of those people who um, again has pushed for more representation and being someone who's a big Brando fan, I've always kind of understood the importance that like we need to, we all need to kind of unite or else the world just kind of falls apart. So You're we right. need more of those. We need more of that, more of those. Kinds Absolutely. Of Absolutely. And, I agree. And more of these collaborations like you have where it's just everyone kind of um, just gels together, makes these great series that any family can sit down and fall in love with everybody hates Chris because everybody has a family like that. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same with Bernie Mac. It's all, it's very real. Like, yeah. Yeah, do you, absolutely. Do you miss working on sitcoms? I do. I do. Um, there's just something I, you know, I like to laugh. And as much as I like these deep and emotional, you know, series and, and, and films, um, there's nothing better than being able to come to work and just laugh every day. And I do. And I'm sure I'll get another one. Uh, the last sitcom I worked on was Rel uh, with Lil Rel Howery, Sinbad, Jess Hilarious, Jordan Jones. Um, yeah, we, we, we had a blast on that show. It was so much fun. I, I hate that we only got one season, but it was just wonderful to come to work every day and just laugh, just laugh. It's so important because for me personally, again, this has nothing to do with makeup, but when I am sad or like very depressed, I'll turn to a film or a TV show to escape from that. And like right. almost I think nine years ago, my friend passed away and my mom doesn't like movies. She hates them. And her first instinct was to take me to a, movie to escape and for those two hours I just kind of lived in this very stupid Adam Sandler film it was so stupid but I laughed and Chris Rock was in that and I was laughing who I also think is hilarious which obviously you must have met him or worked with him because of everybody hates Chris well he came to the set a lot so yeah I have met him I've, ne I've never worked with him personally but he came to the set a lot just kind of oversee and just look and you know make sure everything um, was the way that he wanted it to be portrayed. See, when I so, see yeah. something like that show, it, and then I see something like Young Rock, I'm like, oh, you just took the Everybody Hates Chris and turned it into your own thing. Like, I mean, good for you, but we've seen it. Well, you know, imitation <laughs> is the the, the best uh, form of flattery, they say. That's true. That is very true. 
who is the person that you've worked with that you, that you've enjoyed the most like in terms of transforming them into something completely different from what we recognize? Oh, wow. Um, something completely different. I'm going to have to think about that for a second. Um, hmm. I'm completely different without these lashes and this hair. <laughs> well, well, so am I without all of this. Um, well, again, like I said, my, I don't do a lot of special effects, so I don't really like do that. I, I do more enhancement. Um, but still, even just that. Like, I would have, to, if that's the case, I would have to say Daniel Detweiler, um, who played Cuffy on The Harder They Fall interesting because i she was masquerading as a guy yeah so the challenge was (laughs) not to make her look too feminine but not to try to change her so much that you could tell that this was somebody putting a a whole bunch of effort forth with a lot of makeup i still wanted her to look like her but i wanted her not to look like her if that makes sense yeah no totally makes sense what are your tips to keep makeup natural when it's totally not since you're talking about it, I have to ask. Well, application and blending is everything. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not a heavy handed makeup artist. I, I never have been. Um, so for me, it's foundation matching. Um, best way to do that is everybody used to say on the jawline, but actually it's your chest area. I know. So, you know, if you can get that part right, you, you're in the right direction. Um, and it's a lot, like I said, it's just application and just not trying to go too heavy and covering what you can, but not to the point where it looks like makeup. It's, 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 it's easier for me to say it than maybe to actually, I don't know how I, to, to visualize it, to visualize it because I know what it looks like in my eye, but for somebody else, it might not, it might not resonate unless they actually saw me actually doing it but to me I just I, I I'm just not a big fan of being overmade. I mean I'm sure it has its it has its time and place it's fun um, <laughs> it's it's fun sure but I like to see skin and I like to see makeup that looks like skin like an enhancement of skin not like makeup right like yeah I don't I don't necessarily like it either when you're watching something and you can see like all this contouring I don't even do I haven't even figured out how to do that and I don't even want to yeah (laughs) a friend of mine who you may have you may be familiar with Christopher Buckle is a fantastic makeup artist he's been doing Mariah Carey for like 20 years I know the name but not I don't know him personally I know by reputation but if you see Mariah her skin always looks like it's her skin but like it's it's beautiful and he and I became familiar with Christopher because he did uh, for a while, he was working exclusively with Christina Aguilera, who is like mm-hmm. clearly my personal hero. Um, and I met him and I was like, I want to look like Christina. And he was like, you know what? I'm just going to send you all the products that I use on Christina because you do look like her. So just play with your makeup and you'll be yeah. fine. And I you was like, okay. do. <laughs> oh, thank you. I think she's such a beautiful woman. And, and what I love about her too, is she is uh, a Latina who looks like she's just you know, white with with the blonde hair, and all of her influences are soul artists, like yeah. Etta James, and, Oma, and that that voice, that voice yes. is incredible. 
I remember seeing her when I was, I wasn't very old and she came out on stage and she said, I'm sorry, you guys, I have a cold. And then she started singing and I was like, you sound exactly like the record. Like it was, it was beautiful. And she's always sort of honoring um, black women in music, Whitney, uh, she did for Tina Turner. And I think it's, I think that's so, I just think it's beautiful to see people finally just, there's a lot, there's a long way to go, but we're all sort of kind of realizing that humanity is just humanity. And I love that. Exactly. Exactly. And I love, I love people like you are just so cool. How did you get into this business? Like what made you decide I want to make other people look pretty? Well, I, I've played around in makeup my whole life. Even as a, as a child, I was always fascinated by hair and makeup and, and wardrobe. I like you, I, and I still do. I like old movies, the old Hollywood glamour stuff, you know, with Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, um, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn, you know, it just, I, I was just always fascinated with it, but you know, I wasn't encouraged, you know, to use my artistic abilities, you know, to, to make a living when I, you know, I grew up, it's like, you know, I'll get an education and go to college and be a professional. So I never really got a chance to nurture that part. Um, but I was, um, working in a corporate job and miserable again. And, um, talked to a friend of mine and really wanted to to be you know in the industry I at that point I didn't know what but I just knew I wanted to work in the industry and she had a friend who um was a makeup artist and she introduced me to him and that's actually my friend I told you who used to be Janet Jackson's makeup artist he wasn't working with her then he was a struggling makeup artist as well and um he took me under his wing and said I you know I can't really pay you any money he said but I can teach you what I know and I was like, I'm good with that. And um, during the course of our friendship, he did a makeup test to go on tour with Janet Jackson for the Velvet Rope Tour. And he he got in, but he didn't start off doing Janet. He was doing the dancers and the person that they hired um, to do her makeup. Something went wrong when they were, I believe it was in London. And um, they asked him to come in and fix it. And he fixed it. And she kept him. For like 10 years that's insane that yeah. that I remember that album because it came out around the time when my grandfather died and she had that song that together again song yeah and I, and I just yeah. she's her whole family is just magic and I'm much like yourself I was also I used to sing when I was a kid and then my dad was like this is dumb and you need to go to college and I was not encouraged to you know to pursue that and then when it came time to go to college, I was like, I'm going to, I don't want to go. I'm going to be an actor. And my dad was not very proud. And my mom was like, this is dumb, but she came around like it's my dad never, Yeah. but my mom, she sort of realized that like, I wasn't going to stop. And I was like, I could live with him not liking me for what I do, but I can't live with me not liking myself. Right. 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 My mother still never understood it. Even after I had been in the industry for years, she was, when are you going to get a regular job? Or as she's called a real job. No, I'm I'm not going back to corporate. So just get (laughs) used to this. And, um, but yeah, no, that, that just wasn't in there. It just wasn't in their wheelhouse. That's just not what they, they considered a viable way to make a living, even though people do, a lot of people do. Um, but you know, your parents care, they want you to be secure. They want you to have that thing to fall back on. But as you can see 
things have shifted over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And those jobs that used to be considered stable are not stable anymore. It's a, that's a beautiful thing because my father and I are estranged, but he has other kids and he felt the need to reach out to me and tell me that, you know, his second oldest daughter is going to school to be a librarian. And somebody who mentors me said to me, your dad is proud of her for going to school to be a librarian in a world where we have Google, but yeah. not proud of you for what you're doing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. My grandpa really loved films. And I think he was a repressed artist because he was always showing it to me. And my mom hates the movies because I, she was always like, my dad was always in front of the TV. I guess it was a phenomenon for him because he grew up, you know, in the thirties. And right. so she doesn't understand why I want to do this but she supports that I that I want to do it and she understands that it's like a it's not a choice it's like this thing that nags at you and it never goes away it doesn't it doesn't even when I think I'm you know I'm tired I want to do something else and now I'm going to focus on this thing over here something always pulls me back (laughs) every time so I just I gave up fighting it I just I just go with the flow now someone who taught me about you know people who, who tell you to have a fallback plan or people who had a fallback plan because they didn't believe in themselves is at Will Smith of all people. I really, you know, all things aside, the, he, he had done a lot to inspire, I think, all artists to look, yeah. dig deeper and just work a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And so it is a shame what, you know, what took place, but I'm not going to negate all the good that someone did because of one, sure. one moment. Yeah, but at the same just, it time- was just one moment. Exactly. Unfortunately, we got to see it, but it was, I have respect though for both sides. So I can't say like, neither of them is a bad person. It's just a bad, no, you know, one of those, it's just, yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, I'm so glad that you, uh, then you let the nagging keep pulling you back in because otherwise we wouldn't hear about, I wouldn't get to hear these beautiful things about Bernie Mac. And I love hearing beautiful things about the people that I, you know, People look at me yeah. and they think you look up to somebody who doesn't look like you. And of course I do. I look up to anybody who has the, the courage to do this, to go into this because it's a lot of no, and you're too short or you're too fat or your boobs are too big or you're too blonde yeah. or you're always too much or not enough of something. And then it's your job to turn them us into less or more <laughs> of what they yeah. want. Beautiful or, or, or not, because, you know, on the flip side of what I do, there are the people who do all the incredible special effects works, just like the gentleman I told you who aged Sam to be 94 years old. I mean, how old even is he? Sam is in his seventies. I think Sam's like 74. But he doesn't look like it at all. No, he doesn't. It's like, it's, it's the mel it's the melanin. <laughs> like yeah. I'm too like me with my white skin. I'm going to be wrinkled by the time I'm 50. Not necessarily. If you take care of yourself. I try. I try. I'm just very, for like a partially European person, I'm very, very white, but I, yeah, like w- women, the black women have such beautiful skin, like uh BB, BB wine. And like, do you have an, do you age? <laughs> like people, people ask me that all the time. You don't even look, no, you don't look old. Like you don't look like you've been in this business for longer than five years. Oh my God. Thank you so much. But, <laughs> but I know yeah. you have because of Bernie Mac. Oh, I can go back a little further than that, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're I won't stunning. Do that. You are stunning. Um, so 
So you met this young lady that you're mentoring on social media. She went to a class that um, one of my colleagues out here was giving and um, she referred her to me. And um, she reached out on social media and um, we started just kind of talking from there. And um, she, you know, let me know that she wanted to be in this business. And, you know, I, I kind of gave her the the cons versus, versus the pros um, because a lot of people think they want to do this until they they understand. Well, they don't understand how difficult this job can be. Um, it's very demanding. Um, it can be very stressful. You have to be able to think on your feet sometimes very quickly because things can change just because they plan to do something today. Anything can happen and the whole schedule will change and you have to be able to to jump on it and, and, and switch gears and just, you know, get into whatever it is they want you to do right now. Um, and with that being said, she seemed like she really wanted to. Um, so um, we just kind of took it from there. Um, but again, like I said, she's not, she's not ready to 100% go all the way in with it. So I just make myself available for her whenever something comes up and she has questions or if she needs advice on things. Um, so that's, that's what I'm doing with her right now. I have a similar sort of thing with my mentor who I met completely by accident. I didn't even know who she was, which is kind of rude. Now that I think about it, I was a big fan of, of course, Breaking Bad, but prior to Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston was on Malcolm in the Middle. And so mm -hmm. I got this idea in my head that I was going to go to the film festival and meet him there. We were going to become best friends. And of course, that's not never going to happen. So, but I did it anyway, because I'm naive and I'm young and I'm in this business. And I really just wanted to thank him for inspiring me. And he went the other way. But my mentor who is mentors me now, she's a writer and director, Oscar nominated. She crossed the street and she was like, I just, I just think you're very pretty. Just that's it. And, and she oh. gave me her email and we stayed in touch. And yeah. six months later, she introduced me to Brian, actually. And she hired me oh. to promote her film, which I really enjoyed. And I got to learn a lot. And then from there, she didn't tell me. She knew that I was like this huge Marlon Brando fan. And her husband is Aaliyah Kazan's son. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she didn't wow. tell me. She didn't <laughs> tell me major. anything. And so she had, together they had written Matilda, 1996, I think. And that yeah. was one of the last films I saw with my grandpa, who was like my big inspiration. I bring him up all the yeah. time. Yeah. And I went to, you know, I went to this, she invited me to um, the premiere of that, the film Wakefield, which Brian had started. And then she said, can you come to LA and help me with a Q&A? So I'm like, sure. So she, I'm in the Q&A and she introduces me to Ava who I don't even need to say her last name. She's Ava, Ava DuVernay. And I just remember she walked in and she was this like, she wasn't a person. She was a force of nature. Wow. And I went up to her and only thing I could bring myself to say is, my God, you have such beautiful hair. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. And then at the end of the film, her husband comes up to me and he's like, do you want to talk about him? And I was like, what? My, like, you want to talk about my grandpa? And he was like, you want to talk to me about Marlon? And I was like, no, like I didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he told me my father actually discovered Marlon and took him from the stage to the screen. And he told me these beautiful stories about Marlon Randall, the human. And I was so touched. And so like, it changed me because he was just, I, I knew who the movie star was. 
But I wanted yeah. to know the guy underneath all that because I've I've heard you know my whole life that Marlon Brando's uh, talent came from a place of pain and that nobody would envy him if they had known it. And when I heard these beautiful stories from this um, amazing man, and then he and his wife both were like, "You want to write a film about your grandpa? We're writers. Like we'll help you, and you and you should be an actor, and you should you should do all these things that you want to do." And so that was it. Was nice to hear it from people who obviously have been doing it for a long time because they're in their seventies and eighties. Yeah. But they worked with these people, like somebody like Bernie Mac, who had to rely strictly on their talent because it was before really special effects and CGI and all that was really prominent. Yeah. I really wish we'd seen Bernie in more film because I think he had so much just like a, his passion, even just to talk about it, it brings me like all these, like like a bubbly, joyous feeling, if that makes sense. Yeah. He touched so many people and, you know, in this business, you always kind of run into people that you've worked with before. And I'm always running into somebody that at some point was on that show. And we just sit around and we just, we, we just talk about Bernie and talk about the amazing time that we had and what a, a phenomenal talent he was, how funny he was, the practical jokes that he played on everybody. <laughs> no, nobody was safe. It didn't matter who you were. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I've, I've, I've thought that often, you know, what would, if he was still with us, what would he be doing? You know, um, he would probably, I think he probably would be directing. Probably. I could yeah. see him, I could see him directing. The comedies, right? Mostly. Or maybe not, because, you know, a lot of comedians are really good, serious actors. Oh, I know. I mean, have you seen Uncut Gems? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I couldn't believe that was Adam Sandler. I keep hearing about that. Now you're not, now I'm curious. You're going to make, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go check that out. It's a very, very different role for him. But in the same, you know, I, I've watched Will Smith in maybe a hundred movies, however many movies he's been in. I've seen them all. But when I watched him in King Richard, I really forgot that it was Will Smith. I was just yeah. lost in it. And I was, I, I was like, I want to play tennis. Like I, what am I, like, I just I really, I really forgot that that was the same guy who was on Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel-Air completely. And that's yeah. a really difficult, difficult thing to do to make somebody forget. Absolutely. He totally embraced that character. Now, speaking of that, even though, and, and I got to say this, I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of this movie. It's called Mr. Church. I think I have. Um, it's with Eddie Murphy. Okay, then yes. <laughs> I love oh, Eddie Murphy. Oh my God. It, it, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a comedy at all. It's a very serious film. And um, he was phenomenal in that. I don't understand why I haven't heard more people talking about it. I mean, it gave me a, a, a whole added layer of respect for him because he he played a very serious role it was it was very heartfelt it was very emotional it was it it was it was great it was great but again here we go one of the funniest guys in the world and you know here's the other end of the spectrum he can really put on a really stellar serious performance and it's also the way that a comedian can like totally just break your heart like the with, with like um I know. I don't care what the critics say. The critics did not like Collateral Beauty at all, which was Will Smith I, again. I don't care what they say. I never have because Same. I like I like what I like. You know, having having lost someone when I was young, 
that whole idea, that concept of like love, death and time. I don't know if you've seen the film, but he writes letters to love, death and time. And he's so angry because he's so angry with his grief that he forgets how beautiful what what he had was. And it's easy to do that because I do that all the time when I think about, you know, my grandpa's dead. He's not going to see anything. And it doesn't matter. Of course, it matters. It matters because of all the stuff that he taught me. And I watched Will Smith in that movie and I cried because I, I saw myself and other people were like, yeah. it's a bad movie. And I was like, did you watch it, though? Because you just look going off of what somebody else. Right. You. So many films are passed up on because the critics say it's not good, but there's every and you working in this business so you know every single whether it's a film or a tv show there's always a message in everything everything that somebody everything. looks at it and goes that's me it doesn't everything. matter what it is there's something that everybody can relate to at yep. some point yeah absolutely absolutely you've worked on so many just great things and great people like i i think vivica a fox was somebody that you worked with yeah she's actually a friend too she's actually um, gorgeous I was in Los Angeles a couple of months ago. Um, I was there for a premiere um, of Ptolemy Gray, and I was also getting ready to start on another project the following week. And just by accident, ran into her um, while I was shopping because I was looking for something <laughs> to wear. And I didn't even know she was there. My girlfriend was with me. She was like, Do you, she says, oh my God, I just saw Vivica. And I go, where? Because I literally have not seen her since I moved to Atlanta. And so um, I kind of surprised her coming out of the dressing room. And it was just, it was just amazing to see her and just hang out with her and spend some time and just kind of catch up and everything. But yeah, that's, I, that, I love that lady. I love that lady. She, she's, she's such a wonderful individual. Wonderful she's beautiful. Lady. Gorgeous. Another There's person a- who doesn't age. <laughs> right I but mean seriously <laughs> do you feel in your experience that when you meet somebody in this industry and you kind of connect with them or you bond with them that no matter how much time passes when you see them again it's like you just reconnect right away um yeah for the most part now that's not to say that everybody that I work with that I I form some type of relationship that you know goes outside of work um no. that's not necessarily so um celebrities are, are very private people and they just don't allow anybody into their world. And, you know, I'm not a celebrity, but I'm, that's just kind of who I am anyway, as an individual, I don't want everybody to be my friend. There's just certain people that I kind of vibe with and she just happened to be one of those. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, like I said, it's, it's <laughs> everybody is not your friend. Oh no, absolutely not. You you have to understand that this is a business and you can be friendly with people. And yeah, sometimes they do remember you years later, just like I told you about the whole Idris Elba thing. He remembered me, you know, 10, 12 years later, he still remembered me. And sometimes there are people that you do make an impression on for whatever reason. And then there's some people who don't remember you after you just work with them and you see them a month later. It just depends on, you know, how, what type of impact you have on that person. I've been really blessed in terms of like, I don't care so much for celebrity, but I am very interested in thanking the people who have made me feel something, or I don't know why I just always feel the need to be like, thank you. But it's always like those older guys that people my age are like, well, who's that? You know, like, like Mandy Patinkin, for example. I don't know if you know who that is. I do. I do too, because I love him. And I, I met him at the film festival too, uh, a different time. 
and the, and he just remembered me. And then it was my birthday during the pandemic. And I get this message <laughs> and it's just Mandy singing happy birthday to me. Aww. And I'm like, this is like so sweet. And then he left me this long message and he was like, you're going to make it. I'm rooting for you and you're going to make it in this business. And, and it's like, it means so much coming from an elder, if you will, because if somebody my age was to say you will or you won't, I'd be like, well, I don't, I don't really yeah. care what you say. Yeah. But when yeah. somebody like that, who you've been respecting since you're like little kid, it yeah. believes in you, it really makes you want to do it. And I think that I'm obsessed with this story about your friend with Janet Jackson. Now I'm going to tell it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever actually met her? Uh, I did. I got to meet her on the Velvet Rope Tour. Um, it was just, it was a quick meet and greet, but I was thankful for it. <laughs> Quick enough to, to get a sense of whether or not she was like genuinely who we think she is or who well, I think she is. One thing I know about my friend, if she wasn't, he wouldn't have been able to work with her all those years. They're still now, they're, they're really good friends. They're still friends to this yeah. day, even though, even though she has a whole nother, you know, makeup artist and stuff like that. Um, they're still friends. That's like Christopher Buckle when he did with Christina and then Mariah wanted him back. He went back because he had worked with Mariah for so long. And then she had to find a new, Christina had to find someone new. But now she's doing Spanish music and he's doing her makeup again. And I can tell when he does yeah. her makeup and when somebody else does it because her features are just a little bit different. And I was mm -hmm. like, was that you? And then the next day he like posted behind the scenes and I was like, I knew it. Like, I, I just know. <laughs> and I feel like mm -hmm. now that I know what you've done, I'll probably recognize it in other stuff. Like I want to continue to uh, follow like what you're doing career wise, because like I said, this business is all about supporting each other. And it doesn't matter if you're an actor or a makeup artist, we're all, it takes a village True. and one cannot do the job without the other. No, absolutely. I don't do all this by myself. I mean, yeah. I, I have a, a good team behind me, you know, that they, they come in and they do phenomenal work and they lift me up. You know, they do some of the heavy lifting for me because running an apartment can be overwhelming. There's so many moving parts. What's There's next for so you? So many things going on. Um, well, I literally just wrapped a, a, a series, a limited series for Amazon about three weeks ago, starring Dominic Fishback. Ooh. And it's being produced sure. by Donald Glover. Love Donald Glover. I know he's he's amazing. Um, I can't give you too. I can't give you any. Of details course not. Right you signed an NDA. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't have any idea when it may be, you know, uh, released. But I'm thinking probably sometime early to mid next year. Um, I don't know if it's, you know what, they, they're turning things around so fast. It could be sometime this year, but just be on the lookout. As soon as I'm able to, to re release any information, it'll be on my Instagram page. I will be following that because like I said, I'm, I'm so incredibly supportive. Every time I meet someone and I, like, you've told me these such beautiful stories about like Bernie Mac again, who keeps coming back to me. When you mention him, I feel like happy and cold at the same time it's a strange <laughs> it's almost like he's bugging me kind of thing but no I someone that I would have loved to have have he could be with. I'm telling you that <laughs> man was a practical joker he could be right there just nudging you right now <laughs> what's the worst joke he ever pulled on you I gotta know oh my god this was my first day on the set <gasps> oh, no. it really was and um, he came up and he introduced himself to me at the first location we were at. I only knew two people on the whole set. 
And so he, he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Bernie. And I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. Are you who what's your name? Yeah, really. <laughs> and I told him who I was, who you know here. Told him who I knew. Okay, okay, cool. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. So we finished shooting at that location. We moved to Soundstage. And um <clears throat> they needed, <clears throat> excuse me, some things moved around because they were going to shoot the facade of the outside of the house. And they had some stuff there. So we were already sitting there. So they were like, you know, move all this stuff because we've got to do X, Y, Z. So I pick up a chair, my set, a set chair, and I'm walking and I'm just, you know, I just happen to walk by him. I really wasn't even close to him. And then all of a sudden he just let out this scream and he grabbed <laughs> his arm and he was my arm, my arm. And I'm just looking, I'm going, oh my God, I'm never going to get to work on this show again, ever. I just hit this man in the arm and I'm still trying to figure out how I hit him in the arm because I wasn't that close to him and he just saw the look on my face because I was just standing there mortified then he just busted out laughing and he said you on the Bernie Mac show you must protect yourself at all times <laughs> and laughed and just walked away That's and that so was beautiful. my first that was my first day on the set with Bernie Mac <laughs> and then from there I, I imagine it was like a, a friendship like a bond right away oh, sounds yeah, like absolutely absolutely That's... it was but he he was like that with everybody if you worked on that show you were family you were not a makeup artist you were not a a craft service person you were family you were and family I think that's how it should be for I think if more productions were that way you wouldn't hear yeah. things about you know problematic this one problematic that one because everybody would be you know more if you the more there's love the more it, i think it shows on like on a show like that well yeah there that's was why so, you there believe was it so much love even when he got ill towards the end um he shouldn't have been working and he came back that last season because he said that the crew was depending on that show he says these people have turned down other work they were you know they're, they're depending on this show so i'm coming back and and he did and he came back that last season and he struggled to to work but he did it but he he did it for us yeah he did it for us so that man will always hold a special place in my heart because of that that's sort of like um not the same but similar john goodman came back to the connors for that reason because he wanted yeah. to make sure all of those every grip everybody had a job because dan connor died so it almost didn't make sense for him to come back right but thank god he did because otherwise the show would be gone yeah. now because he was the he's the you know the star now because Roseanne obviously we're not going to get into that but I, like he right. did the same he did the same thing sort of as Bernie and I have so much respect for for John Goodman I love that man I'd love yeah. to just like keep him in my house to make me laugh all day because you know he plays a lot of cartoons voices a lot of cartoon characters and I've seen mm -hmm. all those movies so yeah I, I just Bernie was I think he was just special to like an entire more than one couple of generations yes definitely uh, he touched everybody it didn't matter from from the youngest to the oldest he touched everybody but so did i think without knowing it so did you by working on that show even though people don't know like I, my mentor i had no idea i was an actress but i didn't really understand the importance of a writer before i met her yeah and then and then when yeah. i came to came to understand how important a writer is and how important a director is, I started, I think I started to understand things more and understand, understand not yeah, it only. It literally, it literally takes a village to, to pull all But you also, show. you also see the heart that's in it because 
how do you, how do you write something that you don't feel or love? Like you have to love it to do it. So for you to be able to make people beautiful, you have to be, I think, beautiful inside to be able to see the beauty in other people. And you are beautiful and you're a beautiful woman, but you have, I can tell by just the things you say about Bernie Mac and, and things like that. And speaking of him, I'm not going to bring him up again, but you talking about him like this all the time or two people is very important because I, you know, I said about my grandpa and I'm always like, oh, he's dead. And Mandy Patinkin said to me, if one person is still remembers you and is still talking about you, it's not over. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Right. And I, I'm trying to write this movie about him, but I'm struggling. And he's like, his story will only end when you end. So if you don't right. want it to end, tell the story to everybody, let them watch it, let them make their own whatever come to their own conclusions but if it exists on film it's there forever right and somebody will talk about it so like 50 years from now when i'm dead somebody's going to be like talking about bernie mac and that's so that's so beautiful he will he will live on always always shame that we lost him though because and same thing with with um the chadwick my friends were crying and and you know like I have a friend who he doesn't anymore, but he was a correspondent for Entertainment Tonight Canada. And he was like, do you know how many times I interviewed him? And I had no idea. And I was like, yeah, because some people have this like pride about them. Like they, they want to they give you the best of themselves all the time. So I don't think he wanted people yeah. to know that he was, he was sick. Was he was sick no. on, on the set, was he not? He was sick at um, the time. We found out later that he was. And no you never knew, knew it. That's really like a, a tremendously beautiful person. And you to, did you work with Lupita? I have to ask. She's gorgeous. No, but she was there. And gorgeous. Actually, my, my same friend who I told you was Janet Jackson's makeup artist is now he's her personal makeup artist. He lucked out because these are all powerful. He gets all the women. girls. I'm telling you. <laughs> Apparently he's he got you. He's got everybody in his pocket. Yeah. So is, is Bernie like your top person, your favorite that you've worked with? Not the, not favoritism, but somebody that you've enjoyed your experience with the most, maybe because you've oh, had yeah. more time. He's definitely in the top three, but yeah, first, yeah, right off the top of my head, I wouldn't have to say, yeah. And maybe really Tyler yeah. James. <laughs> love him. Oh, I love Tyler. Yeah. Tyler was always fun, but Bernie Mac for sure. Bernie yeah. Mac for sure. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. I just, it's just, yeah, it's weird because I love hearing these stories because that brings him back to life. If only for a moment, and someone's going to listen to this and maybe they're going to, you know, learn something about him. They didn't know. So I don't, I appreciate you sharing that because it's probably maybe not even something you want to discuss all the time. And you no, get asked I can about, talk about Bert, I can talk about that man anytime. <laughs> See, that's so, <laughs> that's beautiful. how much of an impact he had on me. So, yeah, but that's, but that's beautiful. Like what if he, if you hadn't met him, maybe the whole trajectory of your career and your life would be completely different. I really think that, whether it's virtually or in person that everyone we meet contributes something to who we, who we are. So I'm a different person now than I was before we, we had this conversation. Um, I really wish I could do my makeup as well as you do. (laughs) Do you have any recommendations for makeup products that you really love? I don't, you know, I, I like a little bit of everything. There's no one brand that I could say that I'm just completely loyal to. Um, People are always coming out with new products. And if something looks good to me, I'll try it. And if it works, then great. Then that's what I'm using for now until the next thing comes out. Um, 
I listen. Um, Kojindo, K-O-H-G-E-N-D-O. It's a uh, it's a Japanese brand. That's kind of a staple in my kit. I love it. Um, it gives good coverage, but it's still you still look like skin. Uh, yeah, I use like makeup. Yeah, I use a Chanel one that's like that. It's almost like water when you put it on. Like it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You can still see my freckles. I'm not wearing it now, but you can still see like my freckles and stuff. Like it doesn't yeah. com- completely cover it. Um, have you ever tried any of Jamie Greenberg's uh, products? She has like this. No. She has a new uh, lip balm. It's a balm and a gloss together, and it's oh, called really? the Bloss, and it just looks really cool. And she has a a cheek one, which you can also do on the lip. I love her her work. She's a great makeup artist as well. No, I have not. I'll have to look into that. I'm always looking. I'm, listen, I, I'm, <laughs> of course, you know, I'm a product junkie. I'm always looking for the next best, greatest. But what about you? Would you ever consider maybe putting out your own? Oh my God. I, I used to think about that, but listen, that whole, that, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. It, it's expensive because you have to hire a chemist and, and all these other people to help you formulate. And I just don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't know if I'm ready for that. Whatever you I, do I, next, I, I'm I'm good at mixing up other people's products. And so until I get to the point where I think, well, yeah, maybe I want to invest that all that time and money into that. Yeah, but right now, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> do you think if somebody is thinking about making this a career, do you think they need to do something more than like cosmetology school? Do you think they really need to like well, test things on themselves or? Well, if you want to do makeup you need to go to a makeup school, cosmetology schools. They don't really teach you that much about they, there's a class on it. And I've gotten, I've gotten this from a lot of people because there are a lot of makeup artists who also have a cosmetology license. And um, my suggestion would be um, if you want to go to school, then find a really good makeup school to go to. There, there are some out there um, depending on where you live and um, practice practice on yourself, practice on your friends, practice on your mom, you know, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I, I still call friends over when I get new products. Hey, come over. I'm going to try this stuff on you. I want to see how this looks. I want to try this new technique that I learned. Um, I still take master classes. If someone, if I see someone who's doing phenomenal work and I really like their work, I will pay to take a master class. I, I never stop learning. I always want to be better tomorrow than I was today and um you just never stop learning you you can't be afraid to to try something new and just try not to stay stuck in whatever is trending right now because five minutes from now something else is going to be trending so you kind of have to stay on top of the different looks the different makeup the different just just everything just keep yourself educated and practice and um go to makeup school I think that's true about every aspect of entertainment, though, because even as an actor, unless you're like a big time star, you always have to be learning. I actually took Sam L. Jackson's master class. Oh, well, I did it online, but it's just you don't really even need to be in the room with him because what he says is just so like it's piercing and it you you walk away and you start to look at your work and what you're doing wrong, even though there's no wrong and you and you tweak it and then you just see 
like, I think you see um, yourself in everyone. If you learn to see yourself in every teacher, every actor, you'll pick something out that you like about them that reminds you of yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, re- if anyone's listening, I don't recommend watching Robert De Niro movies for three weeks in a row and going to your acting class and talking like him because I did that. <laughs> and my acting teacher banned me from watching any more De Niro films. And then I went home and I watched a movie and I didn't know when he was in it. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> I, I, I go through periods where I'll just pick like one actor and I'll just keep watching their movies, but no acting teacher wants you to come to class talking like you're a, a 75 year old man from New York. <laughs> well, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that makes sense. But it was just fun. I was just trying to test, you know, something, something new. I mean, Robert De Niro jokes that he auditioned for uh, Selma and he thought that he would be perfect for that and he didn't get it. So maybe I just want to audition to play, you know, an old grandpa and I'm not ready for it today, but with, with makeup, with the advances in makeup, they can make me look old. Sure can. I wish they could make me look 13. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a lot of filtering and CGI and all kinds of stuff going on. So it can happen. I mean, I still get cast for like 17, 18. They don't think I'm old. So (laughs) there's that. Well, listen, there's a scene in um, Ptolemy Gray where they make Sam look like he's like in his 30s or 40s. Yeah, that's like that they was- did. Um, oh, what was that show? That, the, the, the Irishman. They did that to Robert De Niro. They CGI'd yeah. him and made him look young. Yeah. So where can we can watch that show? Um, it's on Apple, Apple Plus. It's okay. still streaming right now. That's and, why I, um, I asked. Yeah. So people can. I can yeah, remind people to check it yeah, out. The last days of Ptolemy Gray. Such a it's it's almost riveting how good he is. And who did you work on specifically in the film? So I can pick that up. Um, well, my number one actor was um, Dominic Fishback, who plays oh, Robin. Okay. But oh, it's no. twice now, right? Right. She plays okay. Robin, and I just finished the last the last project that I just finished a couple weeks ago was with her. With well. Donald Glover. Yes. Okay, got it. So I will remember that and I will tell everyone to go watch both. Well, when the next thing comes out, I'll tell them. But for now, um, and you're nominated for an Emmy, right? Your team? Well, no, I'm being considered. Prime time, right? Prime time. Yeah, daytime Emmys were the ones that they just had. Right. Okay. I always get confused because there's creative arts. This is prime time. Yeah. So this is the one where Andrew Garfield finally wins, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe. (laughs) Listen, I, I have a very bad crush on this man. I don't know what it is. If, I'll send him right to your social media page. How about that? My social media, then I should start making myself more pretty because sometimes I post on there and I'm like, no makeup. Oh, stop with the pretty. Just you're gorgeous. Thank you. But I don't stop think that. Think, no, well, <laughs> you need to start thinking that. Thank you. You need to believe that. You need to know that inside of you. You're you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. Thank you. And, I try and, to be a good person. Don't speak that other thing into existence. The ugly? Yeah. Okay. Because you're not. Thank you. I had an acting teacher tell me that I was once my first acting teacher. And it was like acting a 10- Acting teachers are like, they're like critics. Oh, it was like we a 10 week class. And I, I cried. We don't, we we don't care, but we don't care about that. But I did at the time. And I had an, I had an actor who's quite successful today say to me, the fact that you kept going to this class 
for 10 weeks after somebody told you that you were ugly and untalented tells me that you want this. So you belong yeah. here. And he goes, if she was such a great actress, she wouldn't be teaching. Exactly. And that same acting teacher told me that Johnny Depp was a terrible actor. So well, I disagree. You know, a, a lot of acting teachers and instructors are other actors who just, they never, you know, so you have, yeah, to, but you, have that part, you have to take that part in consideration. Even too. if you don't level up, I think you should still strive to lift other people up. Like you should, and, people are bitter. What can you do about that? Well, Nothing. you're right. And that that's something that kind of someone taught me. I'm not sure if you know, Alexa Vega, she's a very talented actress. And she mm-hmm. told me you can choose to let things make you bitter or you could choose to let them make you better. And exactly. I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I just, you just reminded me of it. I forget you hear so much stuff. There's so much information all the time and you forget it. And so I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Cause I'm doing a lot of this and you need to finish your <laughs> Emmy stuff, but I am so thankful that your publicist reached out because I learned a lot about makeup and a lot about wonderful people that I looked up to. I mean, a little bit about myself, which I love taking something away and feeling like I'm a little bit more myself. So thank you for that. You're um, welcome. Please keep being, you know, amazing source of light because we don't have enough of that in this world anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll, I'll strive to always do that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I will share all of it to like my heart's content. That's I love like, you know, community, not competition. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. I Thank did. you for being here with me, your doll, and you're gorgeous and Thank just inside you. and out. And you are too. Thank you. And I hope that you get the, the Emmy nomination and I hope that you win. Thank you. And, but if you get the nomination and Andrew also gets nominated, I'm going to call you and ask if I can be your date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. You're a doll. You are Bye. too. Okay. So there you have it. That was my chat with makeup artist, Michelle Lewis, whose work you have already seen in the likes of Black Panther and, you know, everybody hates Chris and of course the Bernie Mac show, which we mentioned like a hundred times. And oddly enough, as I was editing this, Bernie Mac was on my TV. So I guess Bernie is trying to say hello, hi to all. So I'm just, I'm just a messenger or maybe the COVID is really affecting my brain. Um, This is being published on July the 11th, which means July 12th, which is tomorrow, which may or may not be the day you're listening on. Um, But on July 12th, or some, if you're listening to it after July 12th, it's been released whether or not Michelle has been nominated for that Emmy that she was hoping for. So I'm crossing my fingers and toes. Hopefully she will get it. Um, I'm not feeling well, so I'm not going to keep rambling, but I really wanted to bring you guys this episode because it is, it was very special to me. Um, I learned a lot, like I said, and I hope you learned a lot too about many things, not just one. My name as usual is Melanie with two L's. And before I go, I have to say hello to my biggest fan ever and longest friend, longest oldest friend, Bobby, or he'll call me and be very upset. So hi, Bobby. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, If you enjoyed it, you know, go to Spotify and leave a little star thing. Leave me an honest review. I want honest reviews. If you enjoyed it, leave a five. If you didn't, leave a one. And if you kind of liked it, give it a three. Be honest with your reviews. I can take it. So you can find Michelle on Instagram at shepaintsface. Very easy to find. If you want to find me, you got to go to Twitter. 
a blonde who talks, A-B-L-O-N-D-E-W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S. You can ask me questions, you can leave me comments, and you can also tell me who you'd like to have on the pod. And I will do my best to um, to get them to you. Whew, I'm a little bit out of breath because like I said, I have COVID and it's really, uh, you know, I'm double vaxxed and like double, triple, I think triple and now boosted. And I'm just, it's just not, it's not fun. Um, so yeah, I got to mention my sponsors before I go, of course, as always sponsored by the TB12 method. They don't know that, but they're sponsoring me. <laughs> um, and also check out Huxware. Um, you can find them on Instagram at H-U-X-W-E-A-R. It's moisture wicking camel toe ridding underwear. And you want to check it out because you know, what woman doesn't have these problems to solve? Um, yeah. I really need to go to bed. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in guys. And I'll be back next week. Bye.